Screen verdict live. <laughs> you ruined the opening. What are you doing? I just want to throw something out there. We get away. Like you can edit that out. <laughs> okay, let's do the opening. It's not actually live. I know. That's why I thought it'd be funny to say. <laughs> oh man. What a way to start the podcast. It's my mate Chris. Oh, I probably answer yeah, that. Put him on. The, put him on the podcast. Oh, speaker. Yeah. Say so you're on screen verdict live. G'day, Chris. Hey, hey, Matthew. I'm recording a podcast at the moment. You're you're on it. Oh wow, that's very exciting. Okay, what what are we calling about? Uh, Chris Pettit has a spare ticket for tonight's service in the cathedral. If you'd like it. Brilliant. Yeah, sign sign me up. All right, cool. Sounds like a plan. Well, uh, I shall then see you around six o'clock tonight. Then. Okay. Don't want to meet at five anymore. Uh, we could still meet at five if that works for you. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Be good nice. tonight. Do you, do you have an opinion on board to death, Chris? Uh, it sounds pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a TV show. It's a TV uh, show. Go. Okay, okay. Oh, see you, Chris. Sorry. Bye. Oh, there we go. Guest yeah. star on the podcast. <laughs> Anyone who wants to go, uh, <laughs> meet Matt <laughs> and Chris there at five. <laughs> you download the podcast in the next hour or two. Yeah. Uh, you got yourself a date. Yeah. Are you going to be able to afford that? Your $5 ticket? <laughs> How many chop, chop, tops are you going to have to miss out on? <laughs> Steady on. Okay. Do you want to give the intro? Do the intro. <laughs> Hello, Internet. My name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And this week, Screen Verdict brings you our 16th podcast, Sweet 16. Yes. And you know, we're going to be doing a television series review. Yeah, we haven't done, we've done a couple of movies. I guess it's sort of more movie season at the moment. But uh, nice to get stuck into a TV show again. Yeah, we both like our, our TV. And we both like this show. Yes. Uh, Bored to Death. Yeah. Featuring uh, the greatest television actor of all time, Ted Danson. Yes. And uh, to a lesser extent, uh, despite him being the lead in the show, Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. And uh, The Hangover, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, so uh, a bit of a threesome there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what we think about them this year. So in case you uh, aren't familiar with the show... Which I think is most people. I've never heard anyone talk about this show. A few people like the show, but it, it's not got the, uh, the broad uh, it's not audience in, as of yet. It's not in the cultural zeitgeist, perhaps. <laughs> It's not generating water cooler talk around it's, the office. It's no West Wing. In, no. In <laughs> yeah. Um, so the show follows uh, Jason Schwartzman, who, uh, before the, the start of the sort of the timeline of the whole series, had released a, a novel that was yeah. moderately successful, and now he's struggling to to write a second. Yes. And uh, he works for uh, Ted Danson. Yes. Who's uh, sort of a magazine mogul. Yes. Sort of an assistant to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, because he's a fan of detective novels in his spare time, what he decides to do is become an unlicensed detective with an ad on Craigslist. Yeah, it seems like he's become bored with life. He wants a bit more excitement in his life. So, well, I'll be a private detective. And so he picks, picks up these odd cases week to week and uh, helping him is Ted Danson and his uh, best friend, uh, Zach Galifianakis. Yes. That's pretty much the concept of the show, uh, and it's sort of a 
some episodes you see all three of them together doing stuff. Other episodes are sort of three different storylines that you're sort of following and they come in and out of each other. So, uh, yeah. And something that sort of defines uh, the show, I guess, is that Jason Schwartzman isn't really that much of a, a hero. No. He, he starts off the series by losing his girlfriend. He's a little bit whiny. Yeah. Quite uh, a bit socially yeah. anxious, very constantly analysing himself. Neurotic. Yes. And I think this perhaps alienates some viewers. I don't think everyone gets into the show right away because yeah. they're just like, who is this irritating guy that's yeah. always mm. whining around? Yeah. Uh, and then his uh, Zach Galifianakis is a little bit the same. He's uh, a comic book writer and he's a bit socially awkward as well. Yeah, he's a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> Not quite the uh, over-the-top weirdo is in The Hangover, but a, a similar kind of character, I suppose. Yeah, like in season one, he, like, making a sperm donation because his girlfriend won't have a baby with him and he wants someone to have a baby with him. Like, so... His comic book is Super Ray, mm. a superhero that fights bad guys with his massive cock. Yeah. So, yes. not your average Joe. Yeah, Definitely. Ted Danson's character, despite being this quite rich, privileged, very well-read uh, individual, mm. he uh, he does. He's a bit of a pothead. Yes, all, all three they of them are, are actually. Them are, yeah. All of them. Are yeah, if you, if you uh, don't like your yeah, marijuana references in, in yeah. your shows, they all like drinking and they all like smoking pot. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, he's he's quite a successful rich guy, but he's very eccentric and up for anything. He's up for all. Um, it's sort of like when Jonathan has crazy sort of missions and things, it's Zach Galifianakis that's a bit like, oh, this is a bad idea, and Ted Dancing gets really into it. He he loves doing anything exciting, and he sort of, he seems like the kind of guy who's happy to try anything once. So do you enjoy the dynamic of the show, Matt? Are the first two seasons, I know we both watched, uh, yeah. you're a fan of the show. I really, really like this show, um, and I think that it's... Well written, some good storylines, some exciting. You know, the cases are quite interesting, and you 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 follow it. But I think the thing that really makes this show stand out is those three actors, and not just them individually, but the way their chemistry together. I think is just so funny. I I think this is the best sort of uh, comedy team on TV. Just the way they work together and their characters complement each other, and yeah, I, I just think it's it's so good and. I'd say last year, if I was to name my favourite comedy series last year, it would be either The Office, Parks or Rec, or Season 2 of Bored to Death. So <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was Bored to Death. Just <laughs> you and your surprising claims just of absolutes. <laughs> How could it not be one with the greatest television actor of all time? Yeah. Well, it's up there. It's definitely, I think, was one of the three most consistent comedies last year and just one of the funniest i just those guys are just so funny they're just so good <laughs> and jason schwartzman trying to act sort of suave but he just I thought you were just gonna stop the sentence with act <laughs> like but not the character in the show just the actor jason schwartzman trying to act it's so funny <laughs> it is so suave and yeah it's, and he just gets caught up in his neurosis like it's just so funny anyway uh what do, what do you think of these guys and of the show i like the show i think the first season was a little hard to get into yeah i'd agree with that 
it's it kind of straddles this line of being a little bit pretentious sometimes because there's quite a lot of literary references, philosophical mm. musings, yeah. and sometimes it's quite hard to relate to the characters. And then it also balances kind of uh, almost slapstick, uh, cliched kind of parodies of um, yeah. mm. uh, action adventures from these yeah. detectives. And I could see how someone could find it a bit dry at times and I can feel... I could also understand how people find it silly, but I think for the most season, particularly in the second season, it managed to find the balance between the two. Yeah, I think season one was really good, but I think like season two, they were able to refine it and it was a much more polished and and consistent show. Um, Yeah, so I think season one is still a great season, but yeah, I'd agree that season two, they were able to work on it, build on it, make it better. I see what you're saying about it being an inaccessible show for some, but at the same time, I feel like it's not that inaccessible, and I, I just don't know why this show hasn't caught on. It's on HBO in America, which it seems like any show on HBO that's been on for three seasons has quite a lot of buzz mm-hmm. and talk and stuff. It might not be the most popular show, but, like, you know, we're talking, like, Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire, Deadwood, Kerber Enthusiasm, Entourage, like, big shows, and... This seems to be the black sheep of the HBO family because it doesn't get the awards attention. It doesn't get the talk. It doesn't get the buzz. I don't know why that is. Especially because of the names the show has. Uh, yeah. I mean, what was bigger than uh, The Hangover when that came out? You yeah. Know, like everyone everyone loves Zach Galifianakis these days. Uh, if you're a Wes Anderson fan like I am, yeah. you recognize Jason Schwartzman from... Uh, Darjeeling Limited and Rushmore. Yeah. And uh, Ted Danson. We don't really need to follow that name up with an explanation. Yeah, and these are all sort of names you think would appeal to a HBO audience and, and critics. Like, you know, other than Zach Galifianakis, none of them are like hugely popular celeb A list, you know, super movie stars, but they're all people who have some level of critical clout behind them and sort of also appeal to different sort of audiences. So, it's, yeah, very. I'm very disappointed that this show hasn't caught on, so I, I do encourage listeners, go out, buy the DVDs, <laughs> uh, get into this show, because it really is sort of the, uh, the the forgotten gem of the TV world, I think. <laughs> I would uh, I would recommend giving it a go. I'm not sure I'd recommend just blindly buying the DVDs. Okay. People like numbers. Uh, just to give you some reference points of how I like the show so far, I'd give the first season about a seven and a half, yeah. second season eight and a half. Okay. So, I like the show, but I, I realise it's not for everyone. Probably give the first season an eight, second season nine. So, we would both be interested in season three. Which yes. Just, it's only just come out. This yeah, is this is the hot most the press. So typical it, podcast we've done. Yeah, so if people watch the show, um, <laughs> this would be very, uh, very hot, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, our expectations would have been uh, uh, reasonably high. Yeah. We'll just set the scene a little for mm. what season three is. Yes. Because it, it actually is a bit different when we pick up with the characters in Season 3. Ted Danson's character has, has left the magazine. Yes. Now, this is interesting. I, I find, is Ted Danson trying to tell us something? Because what is he doing instead of running a magazine now? He has opened a restaurant, Yeah, which is uh, supposed to be an organic, eco-friendly yeah. restaurant. Now, we did the MTV Music Video Award podcast where we talked about the Beastie Boys make some noise 
music video. Ted Danson's in that. What's he doing in that music video? <laughs> uh, I believe he's uh, ordering someone around he, in, a, in a restaurant. Yeah, he's running a restaurant. <laughs> Ted Danson's also in Curb Enthusiasm. Yeah. In season three, what's Ted Danson doing in Curb Enthusiasm? I believe he's uh, he buys into... <laughs> A restaurant. Yeah, with Larry David. He's setting up a restaurant. Why? And I think these are all quite different characters. (laughs) Why is he setting up a restaurant in everything he's in? What? what, Does he really love restaurants? Uh, Maybe he owned one in real life and it bombed. And he just really wants that second chance. (laughs) He can live out his fantasies through. Yeah. Did you prefer him running a restaurant than a magazine? I don't think either of those things actually brought that much to the show. I think the majority of his input is through his relationship yes. uh, with the other characters, and his own job was never really an interesting part of the, the show for me. I found the magazine editor was perhaps a little more interesting, provide a bit more, because I think that job, since he was writing his own column, and we sometimes got a glimpse into that, like he could be a lot more self-reflective in his work. As if the show isn't self-reflective enough. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I feel like then Jonathan was working for him. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe that was a better working environment. But I agree if you're not a huge factor in the show. Jonathan, Jason Schwartzman's character, he uh, has a new place. Uh, lives in a yeah. building with a, a clock. clock that uh, makes the whole ba- building shake once an hour. Yeah, which I think is sort of a fun thing. He's also um, written a new book. Which, in the first episode, is quite a big thing, but they don't really reference that for the whole rest of the season. I almost forgot they'd written a new book by the end of it. Yeah, he gets to go to a book signing um, and gets to go on a talk show, but it's that kind of just leads into another story. It doesn't, yes. It just kind of drops yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, and the story for him, which we find out in the first uh, episode of the season, yes. is that... He actually came from a sperm bank. His dun, dun, dun. <laughs> his dad is not his real biological father, and he's a detective and goes on a detective search to find his father. Yes. Uh, this is interesting because I feel like a lot of shows delve into this trying to find their father. Yeah, I think you can tell from the tone with which I said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps not the most exciting and original storyline yeah. from my perspective. Yes, I, I would agree with that. I did think a bit like, oh, I feel like this has done a lot, this sort of trying to find your real father, especially with male central characters. But if it's written well and executed well and it's funny, I'm prepared to go along for the ride. Yes, a ride it takes a while to get into. Yeah. I, felt, I was wondering why they had even bothered to bring it up. Yes. Uh, so early in the season. They really don't start to really get into this till the last it two does, episodes it does completely and a, a few episodes yeah. before then it starts to creep in a bit. Uh, and then Ray's in a bit, he's had a successful comic book in season two. And in season three, his comic book, uh, he's sort of trying to write a second one, but he's got a lot of writer's block. Um, he's moved back in with his girlfriend from season one. Yeah. Um, and he sort of like, she works and he's sort of the house looking after the house. Yeah. That's quite funny. Him, him being sort of the lady of the house. And, uh, 
part of his story for the season is that when he was a, a sperm donor, he then, he gets to know the couple that he gave the sperm to and uh, sort of this realisation that he has a son that he's allowed to see yeah. kind of affects his life yeah. and he plays out a lot of sort of his emotional experiences through his interactions yeah. with his son. Yeah. So that's the general sort of basis of uh, yeah. where are they now for yes. the uh, yeah. <laughs> start of season three. Mm. There's also, I think, in season three, a bit of a change in tone of the show. Yeah, I think they've taken sort of these different plot lines and it's kind of resulted in sort of a different style of, of humour and, mm. and storytelling in the show. Yeah. I think, and I don't know if this is a result of perhaps the ratings not being of, uh, in inverted commas, HBO standard. Yeah. But I feel like the the comedy in the show, particularly early in the season, started to become a little bit more broad, a little bit more yeah. slapstick. Mm. And and I was finding it sort of a a less intelligently written show yeah. than than in the first two seasons. Yes. Uh I'd agree uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I, I think also like even some of the comedy is a bit surreal. Like things that they lose a bit of the realism of it, I feel, with some of the sequences in the movie, in the show. Yeah, I think uh, what, this, what the show had before was putting them in unusual circumstances that were were strange and were funny because they juxtaposed kind of the serious nature of, of yeah. what they were discussing, mm. trying to find out. Yeah. And that produced a comedy. I think in this season, some of those became too surreal, went too far, and they weren't really as funny or poignant anymore. Like, there's a scene in season... in the first episode where he's dangling from a clock, a giant clock handle, and you don't know exactly how he got onto that. You feel like this is something that... Yeah, you see him climb out a window, but it's like, how do you get onto the clock hand from there? Why would you do that? Like, it just seemed a little bit more like a... It was definitely a TV show we were watching. <laughs> like, it, it, you know, it, yeah. Just lost a bit of that realism. And also I think a little... Like, I feel like in season one and two, I was always, like, after the episode, going, oh, like, Ted Danson, that was a great quote, or Jason Schwartzman, that was a great quote, and, like, a fairly quotable show. And I feel like there were less of those sort of quotable things this season. I think that was particularly true in the first few episodes. I would say... To be quite honest, I barely laughed in the first three episodes okay. of the series. Mm-hmm. I was I was not enjoying the show uh, at all. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, I don't know whether this is reflected uh, reflective of the writing or of the actors, but I felt like Zach Galifianakis' character had particularly worsened. I found him yeah. to be quite irritating. Uh, and he seemed a bit all over the place, too. Jason Schwartzman, I, didn't, I wasn't particularly finding him funny either. But because perhaps everything he does is a little bit more subtle, nothing irritated me yeah. as much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hate to kind of agree with you, mm-hmm. but perhaps due to uh, Ted Danton perhaps being the best actor of the three, I think he was the one that uh, retained sort of the most credibility, the most humour within the first few episodes of the show. Yes. The only thing I can remember being particularly funny was him being high and thinking people were, were following him and him being paranoid. Yes. And it wasn't really through any dialogue. It was just through his yeah. uh, expressions and, and acting that, that made the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Um, yeah, I think 
yeah, it's interesting. Ted Danson, I feel like, yeah, he was probably the strongest this year, and it, like, um, especially those couple of first episodes. But at the same time, I feel like this is the first season where he hasn't really had a great episode. He was definitely a supporting character for a lot of the season, I felt. Or you didn't have much, any big scenes or anything like that. Yeah, I suppose uh, the other thing for him as well as having the restaurant is we meet his daughter. Yes. She introduces him to her new boyfriend, which he considers to be too old for her yeah. because he's practically his age. Yeah. While some of the interactions between him and the boyfriend I thought were kind of funny, I could not stand the daughter. The only thing more irritating than her voice was everything else she did. Yeah. And, and I feel like this is maybe a reason why um, with Ted Dance and I wasn't uh, finding he had a... Not necessarily he had less screen time this year, but he had a lot of time with this daughter and this new husband when I wanted to be seeing him with uh, with Jason Schwartzman and um, Ray. Yeah. Like, I guess, that, like, he had a lot of other characters he was dealing with this season. Yeah, I can see why they brought the daughter in. I can yeah. see what that um, yes. instigated for, yes. for the rest of the storylines, for the rest yeah. of the series. But but having said that, I would have preferred they'd gone about it differently because it just wasn't fun to watch. It was it yeah. felt like it dragged. And yes. it, was, it was quite painful at times. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Now, I'm not sure if it's uh, because of the direction in the show or perhaps they realised that this different style of humour wasn't working, but I felt like the show picked up quite quickly around episode four. Yeah, okay. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll buy into that. <laughs> One of the things that I liked that came up throughout the season was uh, Jonathan Jason Schwartzman's rivalry with uh, the character Lewis Green. Yes. He's his uh, nemesis. Yeah. So a fellow, fellow writer who also worked alongside uh, Ted Danson's nemesis, which is yeah. quite funny. That's kind of the... The older, younger pair played by both. played by Oliver Platt. Yeah, one of one of the best um, sort of actors to bring into you know these little supporting slash guest roles. Yeah. He was the bad guy in 2012, was he? Yeah, I thought he was the only good thing about 2012. Yeah. Man, I don't know whether it was the writing or the acting, but I ended up siding with the bad guy in yeah. that movie. Yeah, Oliver Platt was <laughs> all I cared about in that movie. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I, I think Oliver Platt's always great if you can get him in something. So, the, the big, he's in the big C, and he's pretty much the only good thing about that show, too. <laughs> uh, so Jonathan and Lewis have this rivalry, and I think that's where sort of the the literary witticisms and uh, pretentiousness actually makes sense in the, yeah. in the uh, show, because yeah. these are two writers that try to compete with each other and better each other, and... Yeah. That's where it makes sense for them to try to outwit each other all the time. Mm. And some of their exchanges are quite funny. I think one of the most uh, best quotes of this series was when uh, he takes uh, Jonathan's phone and he chases after him. Yeah. And he says, you stole my phone. Yeah. And he goes, of course I did. I know that. What a trite thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I feel like uh, this season really... Um... Uh, they've sort of had a rivalry for a couple of seasons now. It really reached a sort of uh, its precipice this season, didn't it? Like, it really got very out of control. Yeah, for me, this uh, was far more interesting than the finding his lost father storyline. Yes. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I agree it sort of picked up uh, quite a bit 
uh, there's also a weird episode with people dressed up as animals, which is quite <laughs> bizarre and the kind of the kind of weird bizarre thing you probably would have expected from season one or two. One of the things I liked about the season was when Ted Danson uh, joins a musical review and has to go to singing lessons yeah. uh, in order to do this performance. And uh, he, while doing this uh, <laughs> Don Quixote act in, in quite a good costume, I thought. Yeah, very good. Uh, while stoned, was uh, was very funny. Yes, uh, but also his uh, singing coach uh, is quite interesting. Her coaching style. <laughs> <laughs> Did it make you want to take up singing lessons? With her, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I quite liked her. She was she's good. she was very offbeat. It was kind of an original played character. by played by Ted Danson's wife. Quite the uh, actress herself. Yeah, yeah. She's been played his wife in Cameron Enthusiasm too. And yeah, I didn't realize how good she looks. <laughs> Bored to death. The. Uh, Curb uh, costume director didn't, yeah. didn't really do her justice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so well done, bored to death. Yeah. And some things go on for, for Ray, Zach Galifianakis, throughout the season. Yeah. One of the things that happens, there's an episode yeah. in which uh, he's kissed by both an old lady and a man. Yeah. Now I was wondering, uh, if you are to be presented with this situation, gun to your head, you've got to make out with an old lady or a man. All right, let, let's... We'll put a face on it. Yeah. Uh, George Clooney. We know you're a fan. <laughs> uh, the top of the top. Uh, or Kathy, lady. Kathy Bates. Uh, I was going to pick someone else, and I feel like my choice would change my own answer. Okay, well, say your choice. <laughs> say your choice. Because I know you don't like Kathy Bates. All right. Uh, okay, look, if I had to choose between George Clooney and Kathy Bates, it's going to be George Clooney. Okay. I was going to suggest Betty White. Okay, Betty White or, or George right, Clooney. Yeah. Okay, Who would yeah, you choose, correct. George Clooney or Betty White? I like both these people. I think <laughs> these are both very entertaining people. Um, and Betty White's so funny. You're but factoring I, in the date afterwards, aren't you? But I feel like uh, I'm going to be making out with George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Betty White fans around the world, I apologise. Um... <laughs> He's just well, such a charming guy. <laughs> He's so charming. <laughs> oh, man. Think of all the stories she'd have. She'd be so funny. She'd probably offer you, like, Werther's Original or something. <laughs> There'd be so many perks to making out with Betty White. So you go Betty White. I'm going Betty White. Well, that's good. We don't have to compete with each other. <laughs> <laughs> go on a double date. You and Betty White and me and George Clooney. <laughs> Oh, man. I just find he's that. just such a charming guy, and everyone's always got such nice stories oh, to tell about George Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should try and start, like, some kind of Hollywood rivalry. <laughs> just get everyone to, like, vote online of, like, George Clooney v. Betty White. Just Let's do of... it. Let's do it. We'll put a poll. We'll put a poll on the Screen Verdict page. <laughs> Who would you rather make out with, George Clooney or Betty White? All right. Uh, check in the Facebook page. Uh, yeah. That'll be up soon. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Ray gets some some shenanigans this season. Um, do you find them them interesting? Ray, Ray, yeah, I found it a bit more gross than funny. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. I was a little confused. I didn't really see what purpose it served. It seemed like it led to though 
I think, a really funny scene when Ray's in the bath. <laughs> I, re- I laughed at that scene, but I feel like perhaps for, like, a multi-episode arc <laughs> was not worth it. I feel like they were doing it just to push a boundary yeah. as opposed yeah. to it made sense within yes. the, the like the, the story world. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I don't think it was that true to Ray's character. Did you find that scene in the bath funny? It was mildly disturbing. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Not that uh, not that funny as for me, I Okay, guess. I, I felt just him running out onto the street <laughs> with a swimming cap on. This one cap. And bubble bath stuff all over. I just found that hilarious. Yeah, but no, I found that more more gross than, than funny, that storyline. I don't think that was a good idea. So it was a bit. I found it a bit patchy throughout the season, though. I think it definitely got better. There were definitely some some one-liners that uh, I, I laughed out loud at, uh, sort of midway through the season. It sounds like the father storyline, Jonathan Funny's father, you were not a huge fan of. Uh, like you've, uh, it's been done before, stuff like that. the The last two episodes deal with that quite heavily, and that's sort of where. I think the whole season's leading up to that, and I don't think it's too much of a sport to say is sort of the last two episodes that sort of is resolved. Yeah. How did you find those two episodes and sort of how that storyline ended? Well, I started to become a little bit interested uh, in it, I suppose, just because I became invested in the season of having watched Hmm. six, seven episodes. By the eighth episode, there's kind of a, a reveal. Yeah. Which we won't we won't spoil. Yeah. You saw it coming. I didn't see it coming. Even though I didn't see it coming, I still didn't find it interesting or satisfying. I saw this coming from the first scene of the seventh episode. <laughs> and then the way that concludes the final scene of the season. And possibly final scene of the series, because it has not been picked up yet. Well, I wouldn't be surprised considering how yeah. it ended, because I thought that was one of the worst series endings I could think of. Off the top of my head, I can't think of a, a series ending which has left me more flat than that. Yeah, like, I found this storyline a bit predictable where it was going. You you didn't see it coming, so I'm not sure where other people would, would land on this. Um, I did quite sort of find it interesting, a storyline, but I'm not sure where they were ever going to go with it and whether it was ever going to be satisfying like I felt like it, when you were saying before the show was pushing it to places where it was no longer believable yeah I thought that was how it ended it was not yeah. believable it wasn't really funny or something invoked questions or interest from me I just thought that is a stupid stupid ending yeah Ice of Fisher's hot though <laughs> um <laughs> Yes, uh, if you're a fan of uh, Isla Fisher, I thought she was going to become quite big after the wedding crashes, and she yeah. shooked up with Sasha Baron Cohen. I thought that'd give you a bit of profile, but I haven't really seen her in anything recently. No, like, she, look, she, she in... looks too much like Amy Adams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just she has sort of like the red hair market. Yeah, <laughs> dominated. Yeah, so well, no, for everyone. Any talented red-haired woman is just like get out of my town. No, no, no. I'd say I'd say that's. Seems to be what's happening in Hollywood. Because... They've like, created another rivalry here. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Amy Adams, Isla Fisher. Um, 
Well, I, I'm just saying Amy Adams we've heard about. Like, she's going to be in the upcoming Muppet movie. She's the lead of a very big box office Disney film. She's been nominated for three Oscars. Like, you know, she hasn't had the problem that Isla Fisher's had. <laughs> well, I think there's enough room for the two of them. I thought she was fine in the show. I the, didn't, the people I didn't. don't agree. <laughs> because what's that? <laughs> well, if you disagree with Matt and you want to see more of Isla Fisher... I want to see more of Isla Fisher. <laughs> I'm not saying this is... I, I thought I she was... Like, she was pretty good looking, but to <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it was it was her fault. I just didn't think yeah. that storyline was... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. ...was satisfying. Well, she might look better than Amy Adams. Maybe it's because she keeps oh, yeah. on choosing poor yeah. roles. Yeah. That we don't yes. see more of Yeah, her. Amy Adams has a, a better agent, perhaps. I think she might be better looking than Amy Adams. I would, I would say that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's nothing personal. <laughs> um, so I suppose that brings us to our, our screen verdict. Yeah. What, what were your overall opinions on the series, Matt? As you're just sort of saying about the tone of the show. Oh, sorry for sorry for throwing this in at the 40th minute. It can be um, a part of your verdict. Yeah. Um, is something else with the tone of the show? HBO is renowned for... Because they're allowed to do this on HBO... A lot of swearing, graphic violence, and nudity, and sex scenes. You would think a show like Bored to Death that is struggling for ratings would fall back on the nudity sex scenes thing. <laughs> they don't. I think that's a classy move by the Bored to Death team, not sort of just throwing in a lot of sex and nudity. I think it says something quite strongly about the show when you're giving it credit for not having done something bad. <laughs> so thank you for summing up my opinions on the series for me, Matt. <laughs> um, I feel like this season was fairly inconsistent. And uh, I still like the characters. I still like the dynamics between all of them. And I think that works really well. And it sort of still made the show quite a good one. And it probably at the end of the year will be one of my favorite comedies, but it's definitely not in that top tier that it was in last year. And yeah, I think it may even be, I think it's worse than season one as well. I think it's probably their weakest season. What would you rate it out of 10 just to compare it to the, the first uh, two seasons? Because you, know, you gave an 8 and a 9. Um, a 7. A 7, yeah. I would say the show was just about worth watching for me, just to continue the storyline of some yeah. characters that I like. I still enjoy some of the individual moments and performances, yeah. particularly from Ted Danson this season. Uh, I'd say there were probably... Four bad episodes and, and four pretty good episodes. Yeah. Uh, I was very disappointed with the ending, though. I would probably give this... I'm feeling like I'm a little butthurt over the ending. I don't want to be yeah. too harsh. I'd give it a six out of ten. Okay. So, if you're new to the show, do not start with Series 3. No, do not. If you already watch the show and like it, it's just about worth continuing with it. I think it's, I, I'd, I'd say it's worth continuing with because those characters are so much fun. Uh, so there's our screen verdict. Yes. Yeah. So a bit disappointing. A little disappointing. Do you pre- you preferred this season of Curb Enthusiasm to this season of Board of Death? Oh, by far. <laughs> I would be the other way around on that. You actually thought it was lower than you'd give a Curb season less than a seven. 
I'd probably give it a 7 too, but I'd say this is a higher 7. I said this was the weakest season to get enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. I kind of feel like all the podcasts are a letdown after Drive. Anything, <laughs> anything that just isn't the greatest thing of all time. Did you cry in this one too, Jonathan? A different kind of tear, man. <laughs> Uh, a bit of housekeeping. We'll, we'll try to keep this quick. Firstly, the Sexiest Man Alive poll on the Facebook page. Ryan Gosling won. Here we go. Finally, some, 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 something, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I think we've got a bit more credibility uh, than People Magazine, too. <laughs> um, Bradley Cooper, no votes, no, by the way. Yeah. I, I came in second. Uh, I'm not bitter. <laughs> uh, and uh, someone voted for themselves, but... I thought they were voting for the rapper Jeremiah, <laughs> Jeremiah or whatever. But their names apparently similar. So, anyway, uh, there you go. But the we have a competition running at the moment, and people are getting excited for the competition. People want to win. People are playing signed baseball. A signed baseball by not signed just by anyone. Signed by me and John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So that a really cool prize. We'll have some entries. Unfortunately, we're going to need to do a little bit of uh, umpiring on the <laughs> competition because the game was meant to work. You pick four actors, a lead actor, a lead actress, a supporting actor, a supporting actress. Every nomination you get, they get how many points? Uh, you get $50 for a nomination, okay. $200 for a win. $200 for a win. Had to spend less than $100 on the Hollywood Stock Exchange. And I think we've decided that while they are eligible for lead or supporting, they're not going to be eligible in any other categories, such as directing or producing, etc. Okay, okay, that, that, that seems reasonable. Um, so just to clear that up, uh, we've got one guy on the page who's picked, like, 20 people, <laughs> including directors and, and writers and things. We can't count that, unfortunately, can we? Now, big thanks to to Brian for being a long time fan of the podcast. Yes, I know oh, he's no, been, we uh, love, yeah, we love Brian providing some some good comments. For oh us no, on we, the forums. yeah, we love Brian. I, I really want to accept this, but I and, uh, to be fair, to be fair, we probably can't. Um, he, we, he's done really well. He's got like fifteen people for ninety nine dollars twenty seven cents. So he's been really thrifty. He's a real <laughs> he is a real money baller, um, Brian. Uh, but we, we've got to try and keep the same rules for everyone. So. Um, if you could edit it down to the four actors, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, can still enter. We've, I think we said we'd run it to the, to the, the end, end of December. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you, if you send us, uh, the list of four, you're still in the, the running to win the, uh, yeah. the, the major prize. Which, um, I think, uh, we've got one other entrant at the moment, Ian, so hopefully he's done the right thing. Also um, very thrifty with his, uh... The use of his hundred dollars yeah. because his four choices come to it came to a total of ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah, didn't use the last cent, but we all make mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> well, we came well under. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Ian's a real money baller. We'll uh, see who see who's the best money baller. Do you reckon that phrase yeah. is going to catch on, money baller? I think it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> So there we go. It's very exciting. And, and please, you got till the end of the year, guys. It would be great to have some more entrants in this. Yeah, it's, uh, it's getting everyone excited. Uh, tell your friends. Or not, if you want to have a greater chance of winning. <laughs> but uh, I think it's more exciting the more people that participate. Yeah. I think you, you want to win the baseball, but you want to beat the most people possible. <laughs> yeah. So keep up with the Facebook page. Uh, yeah. Keep listening to the podcast. Yeah. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah. Okay. Cheerio.